This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Europe and attachment to Europe looks worse and worse every single day. There's a security issue that the Brits feel. I don't think the business cycle dynamics that we've seen since World War II have changed. I think they're the same, and they're going to start to manifest themselves. Many in markets are looking at 10-year rates at 175 and are concluding, wow, if rates are so low, that must mean that the U.S. economy is unhealthy. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee in Washington. I'm Tom Keen in New York. We welcome all of you across the nation, worldwide. Bloomberg Surveillance, a most interesting morning, made more interesting after really a quiet three, four days of news. The bombshell out of the Federal Reserve yesterday on minutes moving the dollar stronger and bringing June somewhat towards the uh, current. I'm not sure where we are after the comments of Jeff Lacker to uh, Michael McKee, but um, there you have it. Yields higher, the two-year yield 0.90% and the 10-year yield 1.86%. Our Forex brief, as always, brought to you by Interactive Brokers, winner of FX Week's 2015 award. For the best retail Forex trading platform, visit IB at IBKR.com slash Forex. Dollar stronger. What you need to know on a blended basis, the DXY, 9394, out to a 95.47. Nowhere near recent dollar strength, but nevertheless, the vectors in a certain uh, direction. Yen, 106.789, Weaker yen, euro was a 112 a cup of coffee ago. Maybe Jeff Lacker moving the euro, uh, weaker 111.85. That is not, not near parity, not near a weak, weak euro call, but definitely, uh, there it is. Sterling 145.89. Sterling was stronger, uh, earlier as well. Brent 47.84, dollar based. Uh, European oil 47.85, down a dollar zero eight. Oil retreating. Off of dollar uh, strength, um, we we always have the answers. We're always out front, but there's nothing like news to move a stock. David Wilson, the the note to me is the mass of Walmart and what it takes to move a stock eight percent. That's a lot of money moving in one direction. Oh, no kidding. But let's face it, Walmart's results, definitely a contrast to what we saw out of Target yesterday and what we saw out of Macy's and Kohl's and Nordstrom last week. Fiscal first quarter earnings at the world's largest retailer amounted at 98 cents a share. That's 10 cents higher than analyst average estimate in Bloomberg survey. And sales also beat projections. So as you mentioned, 8% gain for Walmart today. Most active stock in early trading. Cisco Systems up 5%. The largest networking equipment maker gave fiscal fourth quarter profit and revenue forecasts that beat estimates. Cisco benefiting from a shift towards software-based networking, security, and management. And then you have Monsanto up 6.5%. The seed and farm chemical supplier received an unsolicited takeover offer from Germany's Bayer, or if you like, Bayer. While neither company disclosed the terms, Monsanto had a market value of $42 billion as of yesterday. If this sounds familiar, it's something Bloomberg reported last week was in the works. Church and Dwight up 6%. This company makes, among other things, Arm & Hammer baking soda and Trojan condoms. Stock's up for a second day on takeover speculation. A Spanish website, Negocios.com, reported that the UK's record Bankizer uh, plans an offer. Uh, story citing unnamed sources. 
FMC Technologies up 2%. The oil services company agreed to merge with French peer Technip in an all-stock deal valued at $13 billion. It's all about cost-cutting in the wake of falling oil prices. Back on earnings, Salesforce.com up 5.5%. The maker of Internet-based business software posted fiscal first quarter earnings and sales that exceeded mm-hmm. estimates. Advanced Auto Parts down 7.5%. No. The retailer's fiscal first quarter of profit and sales trailed estimates. You also but, see full-year sales falling at stores open more than a year. And I should point out rival AutoZone down 3% and O'Reilly Automotive down 2.5%. Yeah, but the summary here, away from Walmart and I guess I guess Urban Outfitters, I'm guessing, did well as well. Other than that, it's pretty grim. Yeah, that's, I mean, you've got Take-Two Interactive, the video game maker, down 4.5% after their earnings. L Branch, which owns Victoria's Secret, down 6.5%. You mentioned Urban yeah. Outfitters. It's up 8% in the wake of its results. American Eagle okay. Outfitters, another apparel retailer, doing yeah. even better. That's that stock up 14%. Never boring. David Wilson, thank you so much. Again, Walmart up 7 8%, up 10% earlier. Really remarkable. Um, it's always a good time to speak with Sobrato Rajapa of Society Generale. But now it's really a good time after what we've seen in the last 18 hours. Um, Sobrata uh, does fixed income, uh, head of their U.S. rate strategies at SockGen. Sobrata, good morning. Good morning. Uh, what an interesting time. How did your world change yesterday afternoon? Do you stay with your beliefs or have you made a shift overnight? Well, we've definitely made a shift overnight. I mean, the minutes were definitely on the hawkish side. I think that they're starting to get concerned that the market's too complacent about rate hikes. You know, you're you're seeing good data. You know, they seem to be dismissing the weak GDP data in favor of employment data. Basically, they're telling us that every meeting is a live meeting and that, you know, the UK ref- referendum doesn't really uh, – isn't going to really necessarily stop them from hiking in June if the conditions are appropriate. When you look at this, what is the bet now in the street? One of the things that, that you do so well and all strategists do is try to find where the chips are placed at any given moment. Is there a bet right now for lower yields or higher yields? You know, the market's been sort of sideways for uh, for a few months now, so there really wasn't any conviction on which way the market could go. And, you know, we actually in one of our recent publications last week, we had said that there's just too much complacency in the market. So, uh, you know, there's potential for yields to go higher because of hawkish repricing. And there's also the potential that you have downside risks from overseas. And, you know, you know, volatility in general, you know, both in equities and fixed income was very, is very low. And lo and behold, yeah. after yesterday, we've seen a significant move. The uh, issue uh, for the Fed that uh, Jeff Lacker sort of dismissed uh, what, what they raised in the minutes is whether or not there would be enough data going forward. Uh, he seemed to think that uh, because his view is we should raise rates now, you don't need a whole lot more. Uh, but is does the market need to be convinced by more data? Absolutely. I think that the market is still resisting pricing in a hike for June, whereas we're we were sort of a coin toss for July, but, you know, June still, the, the hurdle for June is still quite high. So, you know, I think that there's not much data coming from between now and June. So it's really a question of, uh, you know, how, how we proceed from here on. But, you know, there's going to be very little new information between now and June that's going, going to really see yeah. the market. So it's just all going to be about Fed speak from now on. I think I'd pay attention to what, um, you know, uh, Fed President Dudley says today and uh, Janet Yellen right. says 
on June 6th. I want to give you a window, folks, into Sobrata's world at SockGen. This is uh, something that we're not going to discuss on air. I think, uh, John Tucker, there's a federal law against that. We recommend six-month forward, six-month two-year vol, straddles versus mid-curves, which also has a three-month Z-score for the ratio of forward to spot volatility of a negative 1.4. John, did I you get you, that? I thought you said you weren't going to talk about it on air. Yeah, well, we, there, there it is. I mean, Sobrata, you deal in a, an incredible world of complexity. May I suggest the world is that volatility will return to your market? Yeah, I think I think that uh, the market was definitely is definitely uh, these last weeks seem to be underpricing the potential for volatility in the market, and that's why we recommended that trade because uh, you know there's just a lot of complacency. You know, if you look at the move index, it was it was at the at the at the lows. The VIX was at the lows. And to me, the, the biggest risk was uh, exactly what happened yesterday, which is a hawkish repricing of rate hike expectations. And, you know, the market just wasn't priced for that. And we tried to sort of, uh, you know, clearly there's a lot of program selling of, of gamma, which is short-dated volatility. So I think that, that you know, uh, it, was, it was much easier for us to sort of recommend trades, you know, uh, that take advantage of forward volatility um, going up as in, you know, volatility in the future going up. Is the market agnostic as to price? In other words, uh, is, is the, is, are people just happy to price based off of what they think the, uh, the benchmark rate is going to be? Or is there a feeling that the Fed and the benchmark rate is wrong and we need lower rates for the economy and for corporate earnings and all the things that go into uh, why you hold an investment? I mean, to me, a 25 basis point hike, even, you know, from, from such low levels, shouldn't really impact the economy at large. You know, and if you look at sort of the Fed pricing, what really stands out in the Fed funds futures pricing is that, you know, I mean, I'm not really concerned about whether they hike in, in June or July. It's the pace of hikes after the first, after the next rate hike that I think the market is, is totally discounting. We're only pricing in two hikes, um, until the end of uh, 2017. So, you know, even though, mm-hmm. you know, some Fed, uh, you know, Fed governors seem to think that we could hike rates, you know, two or three times this year, the market's basically right. not budging on that. Sobrata Rajapa with us with uh, Society General as we look at some of the nuances of the fixed income market made all the more important by Jeffrey Lacker's comments this morning to Michael McKee and also to the Fed Minutes yesterday in a legitimate move, stronger dollar in the market with yen right now, 110 15 weaker yen. We are also tracking the missing Egypt airplane. Here is Michael Barr with the latest on that story. Michael. Mike Tom, thank you very much. Egypt's civil aviation minister says his country is not ruling out any possibilities, including a terrorist attack in this morning's crash of an Egypt air passenger jet into the Mediterranean. Greece's defense minister says Egypt Air Flight 804 made abrupt turns and suddenly lost altitude before entering Cairo's air traffic control area. The 66 people aboard the Airbus A320 were flying from Paris to Cairo. Presumptive Republican presidential nominee Donald Trump is weighing in on this morning's crash of the Egypt Air Flight. Trump tweeted yet another terrorist attack, which has not been confirmed. Egyptian, French, and Greek officials have launched investigations into the crash. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists 
in more than 150 news bureaus around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom. Michael, thanks so much. Brent crude, $48 a barrel, down 93 cents. Stronger dollar, weaker oil this morning. Michael McKee in Washington. I'm Tom Keene in New York. Good morning. Market Drivers brought to you by Fordham University, the Gabelli School of Business Executive MBA, top ranked with a renowned professional network. Classes in Columbus Circle or Westchester. Learn more at fordham.edu slash EMBA. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. The Bloomberg Futures Report is brought to you by Interactive Brokers and CME Group. If you're looking for global futures contracts with low trading costs, look no further. Interactive Brokers is the industry leader. Learn more at interactivebrokers.com slash CME Group. U.S. stock index futures are lower, with raw material producers poised to follow commodity prices lower as investors brace for a possible Federal Reserve interest rate increase as early as next month. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures down 5.5 points. Dow E-mini futures down 46. And NASDAQ E-mini futures down 13.5. DAX in Germany is down 9 tenths percent. Ten-year Treasury down 132nd. The yield 1.85 percent. NYMEX crude oil down 1.5 Point seven percent, or eighty-four cents, to forty-seven thirty-seven a barrel. Comex Gold is down two point one percent, or twenty-seven dollars twenty cents, to twelve forty-seven twenty an ounce. The euro, a dollar eleven ninety-four. The yen won ten point oh seven, and Walmart up seven and a half percent after first quarter results beat analyst estimates, tamping down fears that the retail industry is mired in a slump. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Uh, very good, Karen. I greatly appreciate that. Good morning, everybody. It is a it's a busy morning here. Headlined by Michael's uh, interview with uh, Jeff Lacker of Richmond. Uh, Mike, as we expected, you were very good on this. The vice chairman uh, speaking at, uh, uh, frankly, folks, uh, uh, an important and emotional event at Columbia uh, University in honor of Michael Woodford, the esteemed monetary uh, theorist. And, Mike, there's the headline that the, the vice chairman says nothing. He's so important that says that says something. <laughs> well, in this case, because as you mentioned, this was in honor of Michael Woodford. He's choosing not to comment on U.S. economy uh, or uh, Federal Reserve policy right now. He is talking about the economic models that inform uh, the Fed's policy, and he suggests that the yeah. n- n- neutral rate of interest that Jeff Lacker was talking about has moved lower. Yeah, that in the terminal that that goes off of uh, some of the work of I think of John Herman and Michael Ferroli, uh, among many leading the charge on a new lower set for all of our economics. Surada Rajapa, Society Generalis, to live this in fixed income. Subhadra, uh, Subhadra, is your world removed now from economic models and dynamics? Are you attached? to the system, or is everything so distorted? Actually, that's a good point. Uh, no, it, we're not, because yeah. what typically what you do is even if you're looking at, you know, coming up with a fair value for tenant treasury yields, you would look at GDP and inflation and come up with a fair value model that's going to tell you what tenant treasury yields are. But now we're in a, in a world where, you know, there's so much demand for treasuries coming from overseas. Uh, because the Bank of Japan and uh, the ECB are engaged in uh, quantitative easing, uh, that it really, um, you know, it really drives what, uh, you know, back-end yields. So there's definitely um, a detachment. 
I mean, I would say tiny Tajios have detached from economic fundamentals. Yeah, and, and, and Mike, you see that Bill Dudley headline in introducing, I believe, the vice chairman. Dudley says he hasn't fully embraced nominal GDP targeting yet, uh, which I guess is not well, a, some who, yeah. yeah, some who suggest the Fed should go to that if they want to try yeah. to drive inflation higher. When we look, Subrata, at the rate market, do we have a risk here? Of low yields, which expands credit, like in another uh, moment before 2007. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, the, the, the odd thing about this cycle is that back end yields have remained very low. So, I mean, I, I was checking what the, uh, you know, 15 year mortgage rate is, uh, you know, last week, and it was 281. So the back end has remained somewhat uh, pegged through this whole through this whole talk about rate hikes. And a lot of the pressure is coming on the front end. So as far as sort of consumers and borrowing costs are concerned, you know, it's still very cheap and interest rates are still very low. So, you know, for the most part, I would say that, you know, the rate hikes in and of itself haven't really stopped the consumer from borrowing. Uh, Jeff Lacker said we didn't need to see inflation go higher just as long as it doesn't go lower. Uh, what we haven't seen is a real move higher in inflation expectations from uh, the people in your markets. Are they seeing the same things that the members of the Open Market Committee are seeing in terms of inflation, or are they still in the camp that this is temporary and, and it'll go away again? I think that what, what's telling is that we've seen a significant move up in oil prices. I'd say that at least earlier on this year, the correlation between break-evens and oil prices was quite high. And now what we're seeing is that we've seen a recovery in oil prices and break-evens are still quite low, especially 10-year break-evens are, are, are still quite low. And the five-year forward, five-year break-even, which is what the Fed looks at, is also quite low. But we're where we were back in October, so in some respects there's a case to be made that if they were comfortable with the level of break-evens back in October, November, to be able to hike rates in December, then that is probably not a big issue for uh, for the Fed. Sobrata, thank you so much. Sobrata Rajapa with Sakjan with us today. Mike, I've got in front of me the text of Vice Chairman uh, Fisher's speech in honor of Michael Woodford. Uh, it, unfortunately, folks, it's so brilliant, I'm going to have to actually sit down and read it. It is a superb history of the contributions of Paul Samuelson, uh, Patinkin of, of Israel, and, and of Woodford of America. Mike, I, I have to share with you this Euler function, which is what Woodford is claimed for. X equals EX, uh, T plus 1 minus um, omega I minus uh, the expectation of inflation minus the real rate. Did, did that help? Rachel tells me she's down in uh, Greenwich Village booking you a coffee house to do a reading. <laughs> yeah, it is a superb. It's only what you would expect from Stanley uh, Fisher. His his contribution to economics across history and theory and driving it forward as he has done with public policy is, expo- is extraordinary. I will put that speech out on social media so you can grab it uh, easily. It is a tour de force by Vice Chairman uh, Fisher. Mike, what did you learn from Jeff Lacker today? 
Well, uh, I think the most important headline is that he doesn't need to see, and uh, he seems to think the committee may not need to see, inflation go higher between now and June 15th. As long as it doesn't go lower, it's on the proper path and mathematically should continue to rise. So uh, that's interesting. He argues there is enough data out there for them to, to act. Yeah, and it moved markets again. The markets have come back, as they always do, uh, at the end of an interview, but uh, clearly higher yields seen through the McKee-Lacker uh, interview. We need to get the markets open. Futures negative 5, the VIX, 16.63, Bloomberg surveillance. We are counting you down to the opening bell, brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today.